Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I'm Jen Schrader, and Ted cannot be with us today, so I will try to crack a couple of jokes so we don't miss him too much. Um, it might be a little tough because our, our topic, again, is COVID-19, um, but just because we're serious today doesn't mean it's all bad news. I'm really happy to welcome Dr. Robin Johnson with us. From um, She's the medical director at El Paso County Health. And Dr. Johnson, thanks for being with us again. Yeah, thank you. Um, we really appreciate it. We're excited to hear what you have to say about the latest numbers. Um, I just want to put in a little plug before we start um, about following El Paso County Health um, and, and getting these latest numbers. First of all, I'm so grateful to our listeners who are tuning in and continue to be up to date on the local numbers. Um, this is sort of my uh, preach about local government, but in general, it, while it's important to, to know what's happening nationally and to follow the national news, really what's happening here locally impacts us so much, e- even just regular local government, you know, from our roads to public safety to our quality of life. Um, local government is really um, the thing that, that um, helps or hurts us in that and hopefully mostly helps. Um, but in this case, same thing with the virus is what El Paso County Health is doing and tracking and the information and tips that you're providing to us is what we most need to know, right, about what impacts us. Yes, I I absolutely agree. I think it's really important to understand what's happening on a global level, national, because of those uh, pressures and kind of what's coming down the pike. But when it comes down to the local level and that grassroots effort that we have implemented here, we really work to have gone through recommendations that come from CDC, from CDPHE, from the hospital systems, and to make a compilation of a local guidance that takes into account our local culture, the data, the science, but our resources, so that there's a consistent and um, very clear message for our community that we can understand. And we're working to make sure that that message is consistent not only from, say, school to school, but even cross-sector, from school into businesses into potentially our long-term care facilities, et cetera. Right. So this this guidance, I want to be clear for people, isn't just for District 11 or District 20 or a small business. It's for everyone. It's no matter how you're living your life or what precautions you're taking or what, you know, how much you're going out into the community, you need to be aware. Absolutely. I think that what's really important is um, to kind of understand those trends that are happening locally, right? So you can look at El Paso County health.org and we have updated our data dashboard it's actually a really cool website and uh, for even if you're not a data kind of geek you um, will find a lot of information there that will be helpful we have updated um, the graphics so that they're more accessible but there's also all kinds of toggles and different things that you can play with on each one of the slides to get down into more nitty-gritty or look at the data in a way that is more meaningful for you. And in the left-hand upper corner near our logo, you'll see a little um, button you can push on. You can click on it, I should say. And um, that will give you the kind of uh, prose explanation of what each little 
um, data point on that particular slide means. Oh, so it tells you what you're looking at. Yeah. That's what I so need. To help a cheat you, sheet. Yeah. It's a cheat sheet. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. That's good. That's and so if you place. haven't checked that out, that's an important place to go just to stay up to date on local numbers. And of course, you're welcome to follow up Paso County Health on social media as well. Um, but what, what can you tell us in general terms? Of course, we don't need exact numbers, but general trends and what they're looking like right now. So we are actually really pleased. As you know, we had, um, starting in mid-June, we started to see a little uptick, and then particularly after the 4th of July, and continued into mid-August. So we've been working with the state on a mitigation plan and really reaching out to the community to join us in the effort to bring our numbers down. And we have seen that happen. Over the last two weeks, we're seeing a consistent trend in the incidence or the number of new cases um, decreasing. We've seen a decrease in that test positivity rate. Um, so we're down below that 5%, which is so important as it reflects the burden of disease in our community. And so the potential for increasing and even exponential spread. Um, so we're down in, in the below the number that we need to be. And then um, as we would expect, our hospitalizations have followed, and we're seeing those decrease, and our hospitals have um, been applying a red, yellow, green to their numbers to try to give the community a feel for how um, their capacity and census is. And at, this morning I was uh, reviewing that hospital data, and they are in the green. So, hey, yes. so some good positive news. So, yes, and our incidence is still in that yellow area, but we've moved out of the red. And if we continue these trends, um, I think we can really um, begin to rest that we are doing the job we need to for mitigation. And that's the trick right now. It's, you know, when people hear good news, I think we don't, we want them to say, this is great, we got to keep going instead of, oh, we can take our foot off the gas and relax and yeah. kick back and here comes Labor Day weekend and summer's winding down. And so we don't want folks to, to get too complacent. No, and that I think is what is it's tempting. Uh, it is so <laughs> tempting. It I is know. so tempting. I think all yeah. of us have a little bit of COVID fatigue and we would just like to let our guard down and celebrate. Mm -hmm. And I would um, encourage people to find ways to connect as we've always talked about, but you've got to keep those preventive measures going. And so our due diligence of wearing our mask and keeping that six feet of distance, um, you know, washing our hands, stay home if you're sick, quarantine if you've had a significant exposure, all of those things are going to really be imperative that we continue and that we gracefully remind each other that we need to continue those. Um, because we have a lot of factors that are beginning to impact us, not only that we're doing so well, but now we're going back to school. So by nature of our school systems, we're going to have more interaction. And then we have Labor Day coming. And we really want to encourage people to think through the gatherings that they're going to be in, the size of those gatherings, and um, what they're doing during the those. Place, yeah. Are you yeah, indoors place. versus outdoors? Yeah, all those all preventative. All those preventive measures. Because it was after the 4th of July that we saw a real spike. And we'd like to avoid that. We like to avoid having to go back and correct anything, Absolutely. right? Let's stay the course. Yeah. We've done such good work. We really want to continue to build on that and use it as a foundation for um, continuing, you know, to keep our schools open and to keep businesses thriving 
All of and that. school's opening, Labor Day, usually what follows is flu season. So let's talk yes. about that in terms of and, and we dealt with it a little bit in the spring yeah. where folks were confused about, do I have the flu? Do I have COVID? And, um, you know, how are you all approaching this upcoming flu season? So there's a couple of things. One, we know that the preventive measures for COVID actually help prevent the flu, too, because they are spread in the same manner. So that should help um, those preventive measures. The second is that we actually have a vaccine for the flu. And so we really will be promoting that people take the flu vaccine. The more people that will receive it, the better our herd immunity. We've talked about that. It's not a one-to-one ratio. You really have to have kind of everybody linking arms of immunity to block any social spread of that virus as well. And then um, in addition to that, it is, you know, that respiratory season. And so making sure that your kids are up to date on all of their other vaccines is going to be essential as well. Okay. And yeah, even if you're one of those people that has never received a flu vaccine, this is your year. It is Go out there and talk to your doctor and it um, it, it could be a great option. It is a great option. And the flu vaccine is um, for adults and children. And it um, is really important. We'll start really promoting it in September. We know a flu vaccine typically runs October to May. And so we want you to be getting your uh, flu vaccine um, starting in September because it takes a couple of weeks to mount that immune response. And so then you'll be prepped by the time uh, we anticipate that any influenza would be coming into the community. Right. And since I have you on the topic of vaccines, I know everyone is anxiously awaiting a vaccine uh, for COVID-19 what are you hearing and anticipating um, in terms of that happening and, and, and how will it play out locally? Yeah, and so I, I think we are all kind of waiting with bated breath for um, increased treatments and, and particularly vaccine for the COVID uh, virus. Um, one of the things that I have to really remind myself and others is that we have some unprecedented science behind this particular uh, vaccine development. If you look like at uh, chickenpox, it took 35 years to develop that particular vaccine. We are not looking at that kind of time frame because of genomics, because of um, some of the other science that is being brought to bear, but we probably are looking at early 2021 um, at the earliest for a vaccine that will be I know available. it is funny how impatient we are now. Um, hurry, know, hurry with kinda, that vaccine. And we're kind of we, used to that easy button. <laughs> right. But we, yeah, we, we want the easy button. We want instant yeah. gratification. But at the same time, it is important to look at how far we have come Absolutely. since March. Well, and we how really quickly. want to, there is due diligence that needs to be done, not only in the development of the vaccine, but in the trials that are done to assure the safety our, one of our foundational health um, achievements has been vaccination and the mitigation of polio and measles and many other, particularly childhood diseases that were devastating. And a lot of us don't have a memory of that. Um, it's kind of on that cusp between vaccine and some of our um, hesitancy around vaccine. But I saw enough of it to recognize just the incredible impact that we've had. And so um, I think as we look at developing this vaccine, we just want to um, not only do so expeditiously, 
but be sure that we're doing that due diligence and continuing to apply best practice so that we're looking at the safety and welfare of our community from every angle. Absolutely. So any other any other t- any other topics or or helpful hints that you want to give folks as they um, as you said experience some of this COVID fatigue, but hopefully keep keep the momentum going. We hope. Yeah, and I think one of the things that you know we're hearing with uh, the COVID fatigue and just all of the change and sense of um, that there's so much unknown is that there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of sense of um, ill ease around some of these things. And so I think focusing on those things that you have um, to be grateful for and really um, connecting with the people that are close to you and concentrating on some of your mental health, making sure that you have a good routine, making sure that you are eating well and getting out to exercise, and taking some time to pause um, and just kind of let go of some of those stresses so that we are going to maintain our mental health as well and our social health and how we care for each other, the grace that we have with each other, because we're in this for the long haul. Right. And These are some I, good habits we can de- develop. They, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm just so uh, proud of our community and the effort we've made. And so um, I just want to encourage everyone, you know, that while it, it's ongoing, we really are in this together and we will succeed together because of that accumulation of each individual effort. So. And I will put in a word for you all since you can't brag about yourself, but El Paso County Health has done such a great job of collaborating with everyone from the city to the county to small businesses and all those who are vested in our community's recovery. Um, And that's so critical, you know, as we move through this, because like you said, um, it's good practice for forever. (laughs) You know, it it really is. And one of the things, so I, I know we can't really brag about ourselves, but I have worked in, you know, clinical medicine, having been in the ER for 20 some years have worked with our safety nets and then the fire and police in in the um, development of some different programs and now with public health working with our commissioners and city council. And I have to say, we have a community that collaborates in a really remarkable way. And that is part of, or I should say, the strength of what it means, I think, to live in Colorado Springs, to live in El Paso County. And the um, team that that we have been able to um, assemble, not only at El Paso County, but with our business um, collaboratives and what we see in all of these other sectors and agencies, we are really fortunate. And I do believe that this is part of why El Paso County, while vying to be the largest county, most populated, and definitely having a huge geographic space, has actually been able to lead the way in a lot of um, ways for Colorado in their response to COVID. Absolutely. Okay, great points. Hey, thanks for being with us and giving us the latest. And we hope that folks will check out that dashboard at elpasocountyhealth.org. And you can also follow the health department, the city, the county, all those trusted sources. I sound like a little... um, recording. I know I say that every time, but it is important. Um, So thank you all for joining us and we will continue to keep you up to date um, here on Behind the Springs.